0: Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child using the method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Meckie Lozano. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited because we have my dear friend, Autumn Domingue, is joining us again on the podcast today. She just recently was on the podcast with us back on May 12th, where she discussed with me the connection between catechesis of the Good Shepherd and spiritual direction. And today we're diving into a completely different subject, but it's perfect timing for it. It's on the mystery of time. And even though Autumn and I recorded this episode a few months ago, I feel like it's a really beautiful time for us to air it because it flows really nicely out of our last episode with Anna Hertel, where we discussed who that second plane child is, who that elementary age child from six to 12. And we discussed how they are able in that age to move in time, where the first plane child, that level one or the toddler is not able to move in time where, you know, you might say to a three year old or a four year old, you know, like, next week, we're going to go do this fun thing. And, Next week means as little to them as yesterday, today, or tomorrow. But when they move into that 6 to 12 age, they're starting to be able to move into this mystery of time. And so Autumn and I scratch the surface and just kind of ponder, what is this mystery of time? What is it? And how does God speak to us through this mystery of time? And how do we dive into the mystery of time in our work in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd? So I invite you all to listen to this episode. But if you want to dive into this mystery a little bit more, I strongly suggest you read chapter two of the religious potential of the child for the six to 12 year old the chapter is called Time and the Bible, and it's the same chapter in both. If you have the first edition, which is kind of like a purple bind with a white cover, or if you have the new second edition of Religious Potential of the Child, six to 12 year old, it's kind of a red, it's a dark red cover. It's very beautiful. Um, I will put a link in our show notes to this book, to the new edition, the second edition of RPC, Religious Potential of the Child 6 to 12, if you don't have your hands on that copy yet. For the months of August and September of 2021, we will be going on a season break for the podcast, and during that time, we will be sharing with you some of our favorite episodes from the last year and a half of the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. And then we will be back with brand new episodes in October. And we have some really exciting things that we want to share with you. So I hope that you enjoy this episode of The Mystery of Time with Autumn and I. Welcome, Autumn, back to the
1: podcast. I'm so happy you're here again. I'm just thrilled to be here with you, Carrie, and with all of our listeners.
0: Well, since you've already introduced who you are in a previous episode, so if you didn't listen to that episode yet, you need to go back and listen to Autumn's first episode. How about we talk about how you and I became friends? I love that story. It's been a while now. Let's see. Um, I met you 10 years ago because I was pregnant with Annabelle ah, She's
1: nine. That is right. I remember that.
0: And you were my formation leader when I first was starting in Catechesis of Good Shepherd's.
1: Yeah, and I soon discovered that we're like sisters of the heart. Yeah, I remember thinking, um, you know, the we have older sisters and younger sisters in the work of CGS, and that you quickly became my younger sister.
0: Mm, that's so sweet. Yes, this is-
1: <laughs> and I've enjoyed our friendship um, beyond that, because we always talk about really deep and rich things.
0: You're you're an easy person to talk about deep and rich things. Too, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that you and I are perpetual learners, and that drew us mm. to each other because we are constantly wanting to learn more and more, and not just about catechism. The Good Shepherd. We kind of are education junkies in so many different departments that sem- t- tend to be very similar. Like we both have done stuff with children and birth and all kinds of random things that we have similar. So
1: yes. It's it's always a delight to find another human that lives in this crazy world with you that you can <laughs> really, really connect to. And I feel that way about you, Carrie.
0: I feel the same. I feel the same. So I was really excited to try and find a topic that you and I could do together. Yes. And so when you propose this topic of talking about the mystery of time, I have to say that I was pretty intimidated because this is not a concept that I feel like I've wrapped my brain around. <laughs> and I when so I was reading the chapter two from the religious potential, the child to six to 12 year olds. And I was very comforted by some of the quotes that Sophia included in here because my puzzlement of this topic is not just me. I'm surrounded by some pretty greats. Like she said, St. Augustine um, once said that when no one asked him about time, he knew what it was. But when someone asked him about it, he did not
1: know how to respond. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love that quote. I I know. It's very comforting (laughs) for me. It is comforting. And, you know, if you feel um, insecure in front of this topic, I share that with you.
0: Then I see, I guess we'll see who what the Holy Spirit is going to enlighten mm. us with, with this topic. Another quote is from Blaise Pascal, and he says, it was simply impossible or useless to try to define time. Uh-huh. So I, th- I don't think we're going to be trying to define it today, but I think we will try and ponder it. I a think it's
1: bit. like, you know, you circle around the tower, like we'll never actually land, but we're going to talk around it. And talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, for me personally, I, I can remember pondering t- the mystery of time from a very young age.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and then when I ran into this topic, um, as I was going through my formation, I remember thinking, this is such rich food. I will be thinking about the beauty of the mystery of of time and sacred history forever. I love that. I love mm-hmm. to live in the questions. It, I think
0: that Catechist the Good Shepherd formation also helped me grow a lot in just thinking about time in this way. I, I don't think that I definitely did not ponder it as a child like you did. Um, I think the most I ever pondered it was kind of like Einstein's Um, theory of relativity in that time and aspect to that but other than and that wasn't deep pondering so when I did my formation with of the good shepherd in this idea of like time building on itself and Mm -hmm. um, rather than them being separate moments and right and those kind of beautiful ideas
1: that was the beginning of my my pondering of the mystery of time yeah I read this article Carrie recently that Basically said, modern physics describes time as a static block, a mental construct, and even an illusion. Hmm. I was like, okay, well, we're swimming in deep water here, sister.
0: Yeah. That's so very different than what Sophia talks about in this chapter.
1: Yeah. She says, um, and I'm going to read this quote because I think it's so beautiful. We live in time as in a river whose origin is very far from us. We furtively drink from its waters in the moment we are living. But we can only take in a mouthful. The river will go on flowing long after we have gone. Hmm. I think Sophia was just really strongly influenced um, by Abraham Heschel. Um, He was a Jewish rabbi, prominent theologian of the 20th century. And Heschel said that time belongs exclusively to God. And Sophia also said time is both human and cosmic. Or we could say human and divine. You know, that notion of cosmic being universal and that God Mm -hmm. is the master of the universe. Mm -hmm. But time doesn't actually become time for us, she says, um, until it's narrated as history, Mm -hmm. which really harkens back to her deep uh, love of Israel and this philosophy of an intelligence of time. Mm-hmm. That Israel had this way of perceiving the interweaving of different events and ideas and connecting them as one. You know, I think the image St. Augustine used and that Sophia has really adopted is um, like pearls being slided onto a golden thread. Like the thread is this unifying element of time. But these pearls are moments when God burst into human history in a particular way. That then, you know, leads to this forwarding of God's plan. So when people say yes to God in history... There's this progressive incarnation, this progressive fullness of God that, that lives with us.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is a very different way of looking at history and time, because I think um, the way most of us went through school, we we learned about things in separate events. But the way that Sophia and our our Jewish brothers and sisters and the way that we are taught to look at history, especially biblical history, is like you're talking about those pearls that they're mm-hmm. connected. There aren't isolated events because we have this one God who is writing this whole story and this one history all together using the separate events. But there, there's a connection between them all.
1: Yes. Yes. I I I just wonder about this. And um, I know that uh, Montessori would say this also alludes to um, what she referred to as cosmic education. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a concept we do exclusively for the older child, the child from six to 12. Because the child younger than that
0: can't move.
1: Right, in, Can't time move and in time and space, culture, and so, you know, there's this broad and vastness that is offered to the child, the whole, and and the purpose of that is to engage the child's sensibility in terms of wonder and awe. Like once we give them the grand vision,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that can spark within the child the desire to know the pieces. Or the pearls. Mm-hmm.
0: So for example, like in, in 2, Atrium, so we have six and over children, we have a long timeline where we're showing the whole history of the kingdom of God. And that's that grand moment that you're talking about, that beginning huge picture moment that we start off with so that the child will want to go dive deeper into isolated moments. But first, they've yeah. seen the whole history, the whole pearl
1: necklace. Right. Right, and you know, I like to do that presentation with the children walking and allowing the ribbon to run over their hands, yeah, as if they're moving through time. And um, one of the brilliance, or the, the the thing that I didn't appreciate when I was a new level two catechist, is that three moments chart. You know, it's like giving children a hanger to hang all these pearls these events on this mm-hmm. time of cre- uh, creation redemption and parousia mm-hmm. and actually visually showing them with the ribbon what does this actually look like to give the child them a place to go like to know where to place these beautiful pearls these events in history
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, that chart is a really nice um, tangible because it's so much more s- physically small <laughs> than the <laughs> other huge timelines that we have. It's it so is. much more tangible for the children to see right. that, those three moments in a very small way.
1: Right. I didn't get it until level three when um, we would pull the chart out and have the children place the event we were discussing mm-hmm. on the three moments chart. And I just was like, oh, okay. You know, that's the beauty of this work. You're always making these progressive discoveries that help you um, gain a handle on um, the depth of what you're presenting.
0: What's so beautiful about the way that we do history and catechesis of the Good Shepherd is that... um, Actually, Sophia said it in this chapter. She said, it is not reducing it to mere chronology. It is showing that vast picture that you're talking about so that you can see that it is one big history Mm -hmm. with one God um, rather than just those isolated moments. I love the big picture that we present to the children so that then everything that they encounter in the atrium, like you said, they can go to that three-moment start. Even something like the mustard seed parable you can go to the three moments chart and um, or the child can ponder. Well, where are we talking about here? Are we talking about creation? Are we talking mm-hmm. about redemption? Are we talking about parousia? Right. And it's really beautiful to see that synthesis that can happen in the mm-hmm. child's mind um, when right. they have that hanger, like you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the parables, you know, they're beautiful um, aid. When looking at this giant plan, you know, how is the mustard seed that Jesus calls uh, or says the kingdom of God is like the mustard seed? How do we see that play out in history? How do we understand the kingdom of God? And the history piece, the sacred history piece, gives us a clue Mm-hmm. What God's intent is. One of my very favorite. Actually, I think it is my very favorite quote from Sophia. She says, "The aim of sacred history is the salvation of humankind, so that the love of God might re- be realized in every human being." Mm. It's such a powerful statement. That's the aim, the ho- the hope, the goal. Earlier, Autumn, you
0: mentioned the word cosmic, and you said that time is cosmic. Can you speak into that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, well, um, Sophia t- describes it as, you know, cosmic being universal. Um, and this is an element that comes up a great deal in the Level 3 atrium, you know, that, that God feels all time and space. Um, we could probably replace um, universal or cosmic with the word uh, divine. You know, that God um, infuses what is real and everyday, just like in the mm-hmm. parables. A woman baking bread is somehow like God, like the mm-hmm. two elements, the real everyday and the transformational And time is similar. It's narrated in human history, but it also transcends human history. You know, um, we think of Jesus and the hypostatic union. You know, Christ is fully God and fully divine. So those Mm -hmm. two elements permeate time.
0: And so time, which is something that we both live out, like I think it says in this chapter, it's something that's very close to us, but also very far away. It's mm-hmm. something that we, we feel in our life because we know that we have a past and we know that we have a future, but God exists in that time as well. And I think we see it, mo- I, I, I feel like I see it most profoundly when I think about like typology and those wrinkling moments where um, God was here in this moment and then we feel them in the same
1: way now and then propelling us into the future. Yeah. Don't you love typology? When yes. I discovered it, I was like, okay, is this real? Like, is this true? I remember going back and ask, asking my boss who had a, um you know, master's in religious education. I said, is this a thing? Like, <laughs> And she was like, yes, it is. And it harkens back to our church fathers. You know, Mm -hmm. early on in the church's history, they began to wrestle with this notion of time and the echoes through time that Mm -hmm. God places um, in front of us. And I think that's why the, the Jewish understanding of time is so critical. You know, we can think of it in terms of the Passover the very first Passover happening during the exodus, but that all the many Passover meals that the Jewish people believed was outside of time. We've adopted that concept um, in the Eucharist. You know, we talk about that m- those moments um, in our Eucharistic celebration that reside outside of time, that somehow the past, the present, and the future are all fused into one
0: mm-hmm.
1: almost like time's obliterated
0: yeah it's it's not linear like we've always thought of right. yeah the divine God is not is is not one that looks at time in a, in a linear fashion he it's it's almost like the wrinkle
1: or a dot or <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Huh? or this static block that the physicists talk about like hmm. You know, how is time outside of how we comprehend it? That's probably why we call it a mystery. (laughs) A mystery, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, for the level three child, I kind of, I was sort of surprised. I decided, okay, I'm going to look up all the different level three presentations and how many of them include this element of time, either sacred history, Uh, which is narrated to us in scripture, or this notion of memorial or the the obliteration of time. And it's like 85, 90% of the presentations have this element. Now that's a slow build, like the level two child isn't quite there yet. You know, I was thinking the other day about my Oldest son, when he was in that bridge place between level one and two, he mm-hmm. used to use the phrase, Day. That happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that depicted his struggle, like to come into this mystery. And I also think about when I was a young child, well, you know, about that age, seven, eight, I remember very vividly. Uh, during Christmas time, thinking, okay, how can an old dude circle the world, enter everybody's house, and get it all done in one night? And I think that was my initiation, my my understanding. Like I was beginning to understand that um, time actually you know, had parameters Hmm. and that, you know, this old dude couldn't, couldn't possibly make that happen.
0: I thought you were going to say that that was the beginning of you thinking about time and not a linear fashion <laughs> and i was thinking oh that's so autumn that you don't question santa claus you question time a <laughs> <The> child
1: <laughs> ooh what does that say about me that's interesting <laughs> but that's not what you said so it's fine
0: <laughs> i think that that large percentage of level 3 presentations that we do that have some aspect of time involved in it. I think it shows what Sophia and Gianna must have seen in that age child and their deep need for history and for time and for knowing their place in it, mm. which I think is probably the big question that that age child is starting to ask themselves right. is Who am I? Find where is my place within all of this? And so in order to be able to answer that question, all of us, even us as adults, we kind of have to dive deeper into the history in which we exist to know, to be able to see those common threads throughout history that point us to where we are and where we're going. Mm. And Sophie and Gianna saw that. And that's, to me, that's why... They probably have such a huge percentage of um, time-related, history-related presentations in
1: right. that age child because it meets that need of the child. Who yeah, am it's I? it's a, a vital need, vital need within the child. And in, in level one, we talk about the great mystery that's pondered by the young child is the mystery of life and death. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the struggle. And for the older child... It's this mystery of time. And um, this older child, which we call, actually call the, the reasoning child or the reasoning mind. The reasoning mind is capable of new things that the younger child is not capable of. It's They're capable of abstraction, imagination, the absorption of culture. They can actually put themselves in another shoes mm-hmm. and move in time and space. Mm-hmm. They're also in a a period of, of thinking about good and bad and morality. And you know, there's that level one to opportunity to receive the gift, the charisma, the deepest, most essential messages about how God is loving them always and everywhere. Mm -hmm. But the level two child moves into this space of, yes, receiving the gift still, but pondering how they will respond. And we find this most dramatically in the timelines of level two and three, where there's a blank page Mm -hmm. that they are writing, um, I just shared it Sunday. We had a really beautiful conversation about the blank page and what they wanted on their page. And they kind of pondered, what are the things taking place right now that are for the plan of God and against the plan of God? And what will they choose? So even within that beautiful mystery of time is that incredible struggle within the human person to make choices for God or make choices against God. Mm -hmm.
0: I always felt like that aspect of the history that we lifted up, that aspect of the blank page, um, was very empowering because it, it showed that my value within the history of the kingdom of God, that I have a page, I have a page within that, like, Mm. um, I have this capability of spreading the light or diminishing the light. What am I going to write? It was, it was very, that idea behind the blank page was very empowering to me and also gave me a lot of value within the kingdom of God as well. Mm. And I can, and I'm an adult, so I can only imagine how the children feel when they're presented with this idea of the blank page within that mystery of time.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. That, that's rich food, and I think you know we're all asking those questions every day for our, our entire life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, as a spiritual director, I sit with people pondering how they're going to write their blank page in the light of God. Mm-hmm. And I, I just you know, for catechists, for parents, anyone who wants to come to this work to know it more deeply is to be transformed um, the mystery of time and pondering these deep questions, wondering about what God is calling us to write on our page. Oof, that's, that's big work, really yeah. big work. and constant work. And I see it in the responses of the children. They're very clear about what's mm-hmm. for the plan of God and what's against the plan of God. And it is, you know, it is a real uh, call to the adults in the world to hear the voice of the child in that way.
0: They do such a good job of finding the truth and the essential. We, we have a tendency to make it so complicated.
1: Yeah. And they're very, very attracted to um, the parousia. Yes. You know, there will be no more death, no more suffering, no more sadness, Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, it's just something that lives within them that knows. It it really it, is. So Jackson,
0: my number four, he is seven and he is in a level two HM for the first time this year. So he just got presented with this idea of parousia and yeah, he talks about it all the time. And we recently just had a death in our family and I really feel like it didn't hurt. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but you know what I mean? I, I feel like he was able to, mm. Uh, Maybe they handle that, yeah, yeah, process it in a different way because he had literally just been presented with the blue strip in the history of the kingdom of God. And so he didn't feel hopeless in the idea of this loss and this idea that there will be no more pain. And he was even saying things like, oh yeah, I can't wait to die. <laughs> mm. Wow! Because he had this, the parousia gave him hope and Parasea gave him the goal in which we're, we're striving towards in, in so a 7 year that the
1: love of God may be realized in every human being. Mm. How incredible. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I long for that. I know the children long for it too. And we long for it together in the Level 3 atrium, which is always so beautiful to me. Like that communal life that we live waiting in in joy filled hope for that time. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, Autumn, do you have any stories that you could share with us with the children in regards to this idea of the mystery of time?
1: Oh, yes, (laughs) I do have a great story. Um, The presentation was actually the mystery of faith. And there's always been, or for a long time, there was this puzzle in my mind um, with the materials around this work. Um, This was a time before the missile changes, when we were still using the words, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And, you know, I actually even, this kind of embarrassing to admit, I actually even with this presentation contemplated using a rectangle, uh, <laughs> a cloth instead of a round cloth. Um, but you know, I've made enough mistakes. I've been a catechist long enough to know that I need to be faithful to what is given to me.
0: Describe the material a little bit.
1: Yeah. So the mystery of faith has, um, when it's laid out, it's a round cloth, I I usually present it on the ground, on the floor. Um, Mm -hmm. A Good Shepherd 2D, Good Shepherd that sits in the center. A patent and a chalice surrounding the Good Shepherd. And the work is to lay out uh, picture cards of Christ has died. So we have uh, Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. Christ is risen. The image of a risen Jesus, and then Christ will come again, and that picture is a parousia picture where the cross covers the world, um, and Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, is on that cross. Mm-hmm. And so the children are to look up scriptures, or I, I assist them with that. The scriptures that that actually narrate those moments, narrate the history of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was all laid out. Um, We had made the connection with the picture in the scriptures. We laid out word cards that described each moment. And we sort of had this moment of just silence of the children really going deep and inward. And in that silence, it came to me. I need to ask the children about the round cloth. The children are going to know. And so I said to them, why do you think there's a round cloth? And we had another deep moment of silence. And little Rebecca said, because there's no beginning and no end. Hmm. And I thought to myself, of course, the universal Christ who resides everywhere, who transcends time, uh, Tehard de Chardin, a French Jesuit, would say shepherd of the universe. Mm. Or we might um, think about the Alpha and the Omega. And I just, like, I was so humbled in front of that, that my little struggle to figure out the reason for this round cloth could be answered so succinctly with such beautiful truth. And so easily she, she didn't take. No. Yeah. It came from her essence. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I love those moments in atrium uh, where you get a response that you know, you know, with certainty Mm -hmm. came from the inner teacher, you know, the one who animates the child so beautifully.
0: What a gift to you that God spoke to you through the child that day.
1: Mm. Yes. You know, these these are the little moments in the atrium where, like, I don't know. You know, we all struggle with unbelief. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you hear such deep theology rise up out of a a young girl, it's Mm -hmm. profound. It's Mm -hmm. it takes me to, you know, a deeper faith and a deeper sense of truth.
0: That's really beautiful. Well, Autumn, I don't think that we
1: solved the mystery of time. <laughs> uh, Carrie, no. I am, I'm <laughs> counting on it. Like, I want to keep pondering.
0: I, I think that we have definitely scratched the surface of our pondering. Mm. And I hope, I, I hope our listeners, I hope our listeners feel a draw towards it as well. And they can read that chapter two from the religious potential of the child too, to help begin their journey on this mystery of time. It's a great place to start.
1: Beautiful. Carrie, I just thank you. I, I love you and I enjoy our conversations in a way that's outside of time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Autumn. I love
0: you too. I am so blessed by you and I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on
1: the podcast. My great joy. Thank you all for
0: listening to this week's episode of the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. Again, I have a link to the book, Religious Potential of the Child for 6 to 12-year-old, this new second edition that has that dark red cover in our show notes. You can buy it from our CGS USA store. The chapter that dives into the mystery of time is chapter two called Time in the Bible. Just a reminder that after this episode for the months of August and September, we will be taking a season break, but we will be sharing with you some of our favorite episodes from the last year and a half. And then we will be back in October with brand new episodes that you are sure to enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. If you would like to know more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, or if you would like to be formed in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, or to become a member, you can go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening this week. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with
1: God.